This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Got some great news for you this week. We're actually starting, as of today technically as of last night, a contest to create a new Wild Fishing Game podcast shirt design. And so instead of us doing something and being creative on our own, we're going to look to you, our fans, and see what artwork inspires you based on uh, your listening to the show. So for the next week, so this Wednesday to next Wednesday, we will have open acceptance of any art submission for podcast shirt design. And next Wednesday, we'll announce the winner, send you some sweet swag, some cookbooks, hats, shirts, probably including your own design, and uh, all that cool jazz. And uh, I'm really excited to see what you've come up with. I've already received a couple entries already since last night. So uh, I invite you, email us, what's cooking at harvestingnature.com. And put in a subject line podcast shirt. And I'll know what you mean. And we'll take a look and we'll get back to you with our favorite. All right. Good luck. Everybody, welcome to back to the Harvesting Nature Wild Fishing Game podcast. So this is the second episode of the new season. Um, And it's taking place. It's another one of those on the road podcasts. So we did a couple last season, season two, where we were in uh, Wyoming uh, we did one where Corey was in Pennsylvania, and, and now you're talking with me. I'm in the great state of Oklahoma. Uh, many of you know my home state. So, And we have the pleasure of chatting with two of my very own family members tonight. And 
and their friend, also my friend now, Montana, who's here as well. So um, I will let them briefly introduce themselves and tell you something important that they do. <laughs> so uh, since Colton doesn't want me to put him on the spot first, I'll put Tristan on the spot. So Tristan, what do you got? All right, perfect. Uh, hey, everybody out there. I'm Tristan Hill. Uh, let's see. Uh, something important about me is my favorite uh, hobby would be noodling or hand fishing. I just love getting in the river and handling those big monster catfish. Nice. Catfish. And this is a great state to do it, too. I've talked about this on the podcast, too, so it's perfect that you bring it up. And we may have to talk more about this while we're sitting here talking. So. Sounds good. Um, all right. So I'm Montana Stonecalf. Uh, I definitely enjoy the outdoors. I think one of the great things I enjoy the most is probably duck hunting. And, yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, we're going to talk more about duck hunting, too. Uh, for sure, because we did some of that. Um, like I said, I had the great pleasure to hang out with these guys over the past couple of days. Uh, they're, of course, my family. So last but not least, the biggest man in the room, Colton. Hi, Colton Hill, Tristan's <laughs> older brother, Justin's little cousin. Uh, something cool about me. Well, maybe not cool. I did just recently learn that one of my favorite things to do in the world might be duck hunting. <laughs> it's addictive. It's very yeah. addictive. You're gonna have to. So when are you gonna get your first pair of waders? Uh, I don't know. That's I'm, when things are getting serious, right? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely all about it. Getting in the water and getting a little wet, for sure. When you get uh, decoys, you uh, decoy. I, I think Montana's gonna have to take me out and show me the ropes a little more. I mean, you already have a. Uh, you already have labs, so. Yeah. They're not exactly the kind you take out hunting. That's <laughs> fine. Well, Giant. I mean, they're from the line that you could take out hunting. I bet you could take them out there and they'd get the hang of it real quick. We like giant They love lab guns, dogs. big booms. Yeah. Hey, if you can chase tennis balls, you can chase ducks, right? <laughs> it's a theory. You just got to swap them out. So you just start training with the little thing. Take them down the pond, throw it in, let them swim out and get it. That's it. That's uh, that's how I started. You guys, we had, I had Sonny, remember? I remember Back Sonny. Back in the day. And uh, he was my black lab, and uh, that's why I used to go work with him. I had him when I was in high school, uh, into like beginning part of college, and uh, I would just take him down to the pond in the pasture, and had like one of those uh, not a duck decoy, but they're like made for training dogs. It's like a soft kind of squishy, but it's duck. It floats on the water, and um, we started off just throwing it in the water, and he'd go and get it, and then eventually we'd go out, and uh, somebody would take like, a shotgun, and we'd shoot the shotgun, and then throw it out. And so then it would hit the water, and he started to build that association, Pavlov's theory. Right. That's cool. I wouldn't have thought of that. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought about uh, desensitizing them to the gun at the same time. Yeah, it cre- I mean, it creates. You think Pavlov's theory, right? Ring the bell, give the dog a treat. Ring the bell, give the dog a treat. Ring the bell, give the dog a treat. Ring the bell. Don't give the dog a treat. The dog's mouth waters. Mm. Same theory. So, shoot the gun, throw the decoy. Shoot the gun, throw the decoy. Shoot the gun, throw the decoy. Shoot the gun, the duck falls in the water. So, at least it worked for me. So, I'm sure there's probably, I know for a fact that there are more educated people out there on that. But, uh, I'm sitting here looking at a plate of duck meat we're going to try too after we tell you. I've honestly been sitting over here waiting for us to get to this part. That just looks delectable. We're going to get there. there. You're going to have to wait a little more. Let's talk about some hunting. So, 
I came down here, it's January, first week of January, yep, and uh, it's still archery season in Oklahoma, and archery season, um, yep, runs until the 15th. It basically encompasses the use of traditional archery, and crossbows, and compound bows, I said that in a backwards order, but, so, um, due to some time, and the fact that I'd never done it, Tristan loaned me his crossbow, which has been a quite the experience. So my uncle and Colton and Tristan lease a bit of land here in central Oklahoma, southwest central Oklahoma. That's a lot of locators, but um, <laughs> uh, they lease some land here, which has got deer all over it. So uh, we elected to go out there. And set up a blind on Tuesday afternoon, first day of the sit. So we had to run up to Oklahoma City during the day. And came down. Colton went with me. Tristan was still at work. So he wasn't there. But, uh, and we actually haven't even really talked to you about it other than like, hey, did you get something, yes or no? Right. Unfortunately, I've just been busy with work this week and haven't been able to get out there and show him how to really take a deer down. So, well... I, it would have been an interesting thing to see you do, um, especially given what we were handed over if, the past three days. If you can shoot an arrow 150 yards, have at it. Yeah. So the first day we got out and we set in, um, so to kind of paint the picture of where we were, uh, it's a big, how many acres is the alfalfa field? 20. 20, 20 acres. 20-acre alfalfa field. And in the middle of this 20-acre alfalfa field is an old dead tree, some brush, and a tripod stand. So we took a blind and went and set out in this the first day and watched upward of 25 deer probably about 200 yards away. And uh, I think only one came in within within 50 yards of us. So I don't even know if he got that close. Yeah. He, he definitely saw us and was uncomfortable that we were – that the blind was there on top of the tripod. So he definitely – uh, I guess it's not a tripod. What was it? What's this stand called? We just call it a platform. Platform stand. Yeah. So it's like what, twenty feet up off the ground? Yeah. All right, roughly. Um, so it's a big platform, two seats in it. We put the uh, pop-up blind right over the top of it, and uh, there. I guess I don't want to tell it. You guys tell me, like, what what has this stand produced this year? Like what? What luck have people had? Who shot what? I say I shot a buck out of it. Tristan shot a buck out of it. It actually it was on that field. It was on that field, but it uh, it wasn't out of that stand. It was I actually uh, that's that field is alfalfa, and we have a tractor parked at the end of it, and I uh, opted to get a better shot on a deer by sitting in that tractor. So that's what I did, and uh, it scored me a nice ten point. Actually, I've got I've got it out there in the shop. It just needs to be uh, boiled and turned into a European mount, similar to what we did, relocating. But um, so that stand, I think most of it was taken during during rifle season. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's very, very much set up to for rifle, and we were not at all hunting rifles. So nothing was coming within a close distance of where we were but we did notice um the deer habitually based on what these guys have been telling me and what i saw 
uh, were coming out of like three locations on the field. And in the middle of where these three locations are, there was a big stack of hay bales. So the next morning, after another unsuccessful attempt, that day was pretty, that day was worse because we only saw three. Yep. And none of them came to the field. They were all off in the trees. Yep. It's been seen that this this field does better during the afternoon. For whatever reason, the deer like it in the afternoon, not necessarily in the morning. Alfalfa for dinner, not breakfast, I guess. Right. <laughs> I'm not getting their oats and their greens for dinner. Um, so that the next morning on the second day, we sat there and, like, nothing happened. Three doe way off. Uh, so in watching sort of the patterns and thinking about, Colton and I devised a plan. So we took the pop-up blind off the platform stand, and we walked it to the other end of the field where there was a row of hay bales, like the big round bales. And we put the blind right there in front of that and uh, didn't stake it down, which we should have. <laughs> but we put our, put, uh, you know, the chair in there. We didn't, we had the heater. We put the heater in there too. Put the heater in there, put a chair in there and went home until the afternoon. And then went home, yeah. Came back in the afternoon <laughs> and uh, uh, the blind was in the middle of the field, all like folded down. Uh, all our stuff was still there. So the wind had kicked up unexpectedly blown it there so we went and set it back up and uh we had shown up earlier that day than the first day because the first day we showed up a little bit late uh due to travel and basically like ran off a bunch of deer which then came back just not where we wanted them so this time we showed up extra early and we were pretty early like we sat there for like two hours yeah well it gave us time to reset that tent yeah it did do that that way nothing was watching us um so we reset the tent and then uh, waited patiently until about... Oh, we sat there for at least an hour and a half before something finally yeah, popped out around 5.15. Yep, about well, 5.15, the first deer started trickling. And then, um, oh, I do want to talk about the deer we saw. So one deer that, like, I liked out of the first group <laughs> was the single six. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what was up with this guy. Man, that's got to be the most beautiful one it's side so though tall. that you've ever seen. So tall. It's literally like you looked at him and it looked like it was like an 18-inch entire antler on one side. But on the other side, he was completely missing his antler. So he was just <laughs> walking around with three tines sticking up and then nothing. And the funny thing is is there were a mix of two forkies that day. And they continued to show up. All the deer kind of continued to show up on and on. And uh, I, I would say that they kept challenging our little buddy, the single six. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we watched them today for like 45 minutes. I think the entire time they were out there. There's this little spunky. Just sparring around. Yeah. Like we could hear them clacking horns across the field. Um, so anyway, that leads me in. We didn't set this morning because we went duck hunting, which we're going to talk about next. But we, uh, we set this afternoon. And so as you can probably tell, nothing happened yesterday afternoon. We saw a ton of deer. At one point, at the end of shooting light, there were 20 deer out in front of us. We had a lot of does and fawn come within about 10 yards but I wasn't ready to pull the trigger on a doe yet. 
Uh, today I would have, but we didn't get the same. The wind shifted overnight. We had a little front come through today, so it changed things up a little bit, and they came in from a different direction. We never got kind of a good distance. But we got to watch a ton of deer. Took my daughter Zoe this morning, or this afternoon with us, and she fidgeted her way inside the box blind for the hour and a half, two hours we were there, which I was proud of her. It's her first time, like, going out in the blind, so it was good. She brought bubble gum, which was not good, and popped it until she was told not to. And, uh, you know, had a scratchy jacket on that scratched on the bucket she was sitting. Like, I, I don't know. Just little things that, in my mind, are like, I was trying not to make a big deal out of, but they were definitely aggravating me but i was trying to exude as much patience as possible all right but those little things though you can't tell me that those those are going to be those little bitty details that you remember 15 years from now and you tell people this story that you uh about how she wouldn't stop popping her gun about one of, one of the few times that you've been able to take zoe hunting like this with your family and it's, it's just it's just going to be a good story that you tell people it's it's true yeah it, i mean i had a blast at the end of it you know, I asked her, I was like, what, uh, did you have fun? She's like, yes. I was like, what was your favorite part? She's like, all of it. And I was <laughs> like, well, you have to pick a more exact moment. And she's like, I liked it when the two deer were fighting. And I was like, that was cool. Because she had binoculars so she could see everything. We saw some birds too, cardinals and all that. And then at the end of it, the last 10 minutes, I look over at Colton and I was like, all the deer are out there. It was the last 10 minutes. I'm not going to hunt, you know, the remainder of the two days due to other stuff. But um, I was like, these are the last moments. This is all I got. The deer are 100 yards away. I have a crossbow. There's probably at least 15 deer on the field at this time, At too. least. I said, I got to do something. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, Colton. What if we raise the front of this blind up and I go under it and I just start walking towards the deer and see if they run? It's worth it. And what do you got like, to lose? He's like, well, I'd like to see you crawl across this field. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do that because I don't think that'll work. But I sat there and I thought about it for a little more and I was like, how much shooting light do we have left? He's like, he's like we got like five minutes. And I was like, okay. I was like, here we go. I was like, open the front of the blind. And so he raised up the front of the blind, and I slid out underneath it, walked with my crossbow towards this herd of deer, which at this time I think I got about, what, 10 yards? You made, Yeah, 10 yards, and everything fled except for one doe. Except for one doe. It's me and the doe. We've, we've locked out. Actually, I don't even – maybe she saw me, maybe she didn't. Everybody else left, and she's looking around like, where'd everybody go? It's <laughs> 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 like, it was enjoying the alfalfa, and then now all of a sudden, everybody's gone. But, uh, no, so I, I just keep walking. I was like, I, I see her. I see a shadow because it's, it's starting to get a little dark, but it's still legal shooting light. I, I know this. I had some thoughts in my head. I was like, if I tr I'm not going to try to wing this shot from a long distance because that's irresponsible. It's not good sportsmanship. And I don't want to have to try to, you know, find this deer, take a chance of wounding or whatever. So, but I'm committed, <laughs> committed to this deer. So I just continue walking and she doesn't move. She doesn't move until I get about 50 yards away from her. 
which is on the pins on the crossbow. Your very last pin. The very last pin, <laughs> which I've only shot this crossbow about four times, five times maybe. Not the most proficient. Um, and still comfortable enough to shoot a deer, but not at 50 yards. So I was like, all right, I'm going to keep walking. And when I get to the 50-yard mark, she must have sent something in her her uh, deer spidey sense and was like, nope, I, I'm not okay with this blob of trees and leaves and camouflage walking towards me. So she runs. But guess how far she runs? I'm going to guess another 50 yards. Nope. Not even. Not even. Not even? Maybe 10 yards. <laughs> just, out of, just out of range then. Just out of range. So then I keep walking towards her, and she freezes again. And then sometimes she, like, turns her back a little bit to me, and I like she's going to run again. So I was like, all right, cool. So I, like, start trotting a little. And then I close the gap again to 50 yards again. And then at this point, so instead of – so – total distance between me and the edge of the field at this point i'm halfway across the field and so she is she is closer to the field or the the other edge of the field at like 10 yards than anything else but she doesn't jump into the trees no she starts running to my right and like crosses me staying at the 50 yard mark and just keeps going and then like goes out a little bit and then goes and stops again she was just looking for you to leave her alone because she just wanted to eat some alfalfa. I guess that's what so. it sounds like. Like, come on, you're ruining my dinner. But anyway, at that point, I was like, it's not going to happen. Um, Cole, I, I would like you to tell me what was going through your head as you saw me do this heroic act of one last attempt at a deer. I, I don't know. When that first attempt, that when you got to that 50-yard mark. Mm -mm. Let's roll it back. Roll it back. Roll it back. When I was like... Hey, Colton, let's pop this tin up, and I'm going to walk out there towards those deer with this crossbow in my hand. What went through your mind? I could probably take oh, my a guess, and it's going to be, you're crazy. <laughs> well, my first thought was, well, let's do this as a team and just pick up the tent and walk across oh, there. Oh, yeah, that, we did talk about that. It's like our little legs, and we stop, and put it down, and pick it up, and keep going, and stop. I could see that. I actually pictured that in my head, and I was like, that, that maybe could work. I feel like that could have worked. Just like, I mean, it worked on all those sco old Scooby-Doo episodes, right? Where they Definitely were underneath the box it, and it wasn't moving any, with their tiptoes. It wasn't any worse than him just walking across the field all nonchalant. Like. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, but honestly, I didn't, I didn't even think you'd get 10 yards before the field cleared. Well, I got 10 yards. Yeah, and then all but that one doe left. Yeah. So my original thought was that the, the two bucks, the single six and one of the, the spunky forky, they were fighting. And I was like, maybe if all the other deer spook, these guys are so engrossed in fighting each other that they're not going to notice you? notice me walking across the field. <laughs> one, because I'm like head-to-toe camouflage. But two, it's kind of dusk. And three, they're like busy fighting each other, doing stuff. You know? Right. Uh, um, but anyway, that didn't happen, but it was fun. It was a fun moment. Zoe got to see it too. And that's what she said was her second favorite moment was watching me walk across the field towards all the deer. Oh yeah. Uh, we would, both had a good chuckle in the blind at that yeah. moment. What would you have done though? If they just, one of those bucks decided, huh, what is that blob over there? I'm going to start heading towards that. Maybe it's another buck. You know, I, I did that. That thought ran through my head 
and I was fully prepared that if a deer started coming towards me, that I was going to shoot the deer, like, full on. I mean, I had a crossbow. Yeah, but, I mean, that's that that's still pretty dangerous, a deer coming at you. I mean, yeah, but those deer unknowingly didn't. of what you might be. But they didn't. Yeah. It wouldn't have kept. True. It wouldn't have kept charging if he'd have shot, though. Yeah. All right. And I mean, there, yeah. You think, like if it's coming straight on, you get like a straight on shot. I don't know. I get it. And I, he wouldn't have missed, so it wouldn't have mattered. Clearly, <laughs> clearly wouldn't have missed. I guarantee you, if you got attacked, Colton would have jumped out of that um, blind and definitely would have helped him. Yeah. Definitely. Colton. Or just it. So those that have seen me on film or on camera or video or whatever you know like i'm i'm not a small guy right colton's a larger man than me i think colton could take a deer oh i bet he could too he'd just throw it in one of them old wrestling headlocks that he used to do back in college and colton was a champion world championship wwf wrestler (laughs) (laughs) no 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 no, he wrestled at oklahoma state Uh, i was really good tristan too no, I didn't wrestle at Oklahoma State. I opted out just to pay attention to my education. So. Good, you're smarter for it. Well, I like to think so. I don't. I don't know if uh, my family likes to dog on me, though. You know. That's right. I didn't you wrestle. included. I didn't wrestle in college because I, I saw that little snicker when you said you're smarter for it. No, it wasn't. It was a sincere <laughs> snicker. Um, I didn't wrestle in college either, so it's okay. Did you wrestle in high school? No, I wrestled in middle school one year. <laughs> I mean, I guess that counts. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either. That's actually yeah, really yeah neat just to know. long enough to know that I didn't like it. Um, but it's okay. You don't have to like everything. Um, exactly. You love hunting, though. That's what matters. I do. It's a well-known fact. <laughs> Excuse me. It's almost past my bedtime. But um, all right. So let's recap. Two more things I want to talk about. Then we're gonna eat some duck. Um, do you guys remember which duck is which? Yeah, smart one over here got it all drawn up. Yeah, I actually marked it on the plate uh, with an S oh. for oh, the Oh, wow, uh, look at you labeling things. The G for the gaddies, and then the W for the one wood duck that we got today. All right, well, you ruined our story because we were going to tell about how we shot all these ducks, and now people know it. No, I'm just kidding. Well, they it's only know what we shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I want to tell one story before we talk about duck hunting, though, because I took my daughter, so here... Excuse me. Here on my family's land, um, it's wooded and has open fields and a pond, uh, which is not where we hunted ducks at. But I did take my daughter Zoe out squirrel hunting today, and it lasted all of about 45 minutes because it was cold and she had to pee. But that's okay. Those are perfectly yep. good excuses. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> Totally was. Uh, I I did not want to push her to stay out longer, so I wanted to be super uh, cognizant of that. Um, I did try to get her to stay out longer and even just go pee out in the woods, but he was like, no, it's cold, and my my butt would get cold. So I was like, that's that's a fair thing. Um, We're within a, a close proximity of the house, close enough that we can get back there within 10, 15 minutes. So we did. But we shot one squirrel, which is on the menu for lunch tomorrow. And uh, uh, she was pretty stoked about it. That's the first, uh, yep, first squirrel she's seen shot. Because we, when we went out hunting, 
Last she went with me in Florida, we shot a rabbit and some dove. So this was the first squirrel. But she was. Did she have any emotions towards that squirrel getting shot? Nope. Zero. She knows. So. Oh, no. She's about it. Yeah. She yeah. was ready for him to shoot a deer today. She was ready for me to shoot a deer because she gets to eat it. So that's the only meat she eats. She only eats wild game meat. Uh, so she gets to eat this. She gets to eat the duck. And she gets to uh, squirrel and, and deer, of course, at home. Uh, but she's never had squirrel. Excuse me. Oh, man. She's also never had ducks. So this is going to be a special night for her, too. Um, yeah, no, she wanted to go up next and try to shoot. And we had the 22, and I was going to let her shoot. Um, but we had to take a pee break. And then by then, I had to clean the ducks. So uh was running out of time. But let's talk about duck hunting. So I do have one more question. I just... Uh, how many times have you been able to take Zoe hunting? What would have the, the squirrel hunt or the deer hunt this afternoon made for Zoe? So Zoe, she's accompanied me, like been in the general proximity. Um, like once. Once when she was little and then we've gone, we went in South Florida. She's been once or twice down there. And then squirrel hunting today and this. So, like, we're slowly moving to it. The The problem is we would do it more, but being in Key West, it's like the proximity to hunting is like a four-hour commitment. And then it's usually like we're going to stay for the weekend. And, and she's just kind of like getting to the point where it's easy to go walk out in the back pasture and go shoot squirrels. And then, hey, I got to take a pee break. Or, hey, I'm bored. Or, hey, I'm sleepy. Or, I'm hungry. Or, I'm cold. And then you come back in. But when you have to drive four hours to the nearest huntable public land in Florida, it's like you want to try to spend as much time possible. And it sounds a little selfish, but she's gone. She's gone, and we've camped and done stuff, too, and you try to make it fun and a whole experience. But when it comes down to it, too, sometimes you're like, man, I'm going up, I'm going deer hunting. I need, I've got the weekend, four-hour drive up, four-hour drive back. If she's like, I'm done, I'm over with this, I'm completely done, then you're like, there's your weekend. Right, and I, I I completely get that. I'm just uh, I'm glad to see that you're you're getting her getting her into something that you really love, and it's great to see that she's enjoying it just oh, yeah. as much as you do, and falling in love with it in the same ways. I think so too. It's all about. So you guys may not know this. We use the word a lot um, um, on the podcast and in in the writing of harvesting nature. So a term which I learned uh, last year. And it really latched onto it's called venison diplomacy. It's not just about eating deer meat, venison, antelope, elk, whatever whatever you want to classify venison as. It's about introducing people to hunting and getting them interested in hunting through food. Right, and one of the th- my, one of my favorite things about hunting is is it's not even really the hunt that I enjoy so much. It's the stories that come with it. It's not yeah. that story that you get from shooting the buck. It's that story that you get from, uh, let's say, the first uh, week of bow season. We went that weekend and uh, camped out the entire weekend where we were hunting, and none of us took anything. Actually, I believe Colton actually filled his uh, bow tag yeah, with, last a, night with a I great 12-point, actually. But, uh, I mean, it, it's not even about getting that buck. It, it's about the memories that you make out there and the stories that you can tell later on down the line for me. I like it. And the food. And definitely the food. The food always tastes great. That's the bonus. The cherry on top. Yeah. 
I think that's that sums up the squirrel hunting and Zoe's sort of experience. So uh, let's talk about duck hunting. Tristan had an idea the other night on Monday when I came in. I was like, let's try to hunt everything. <laughs> and he's like, well, I got my really great buddy, Montana. For sure, and he is an avid duck hunter. I've tried multiple times to get him to come out with me uh, deer hunting. Uh, it, we, I have unsuccessfully been able to do that, but he, I'm going to get him out there eventually. So what, just, what turns hey, you off about deer well, hunting? We have made baby steps. He did come out and help us track a deer one night. Okay, he did. He did do that. He did About 45 minutes, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I think he just wanted to come out there and have a beer with us, honestly. Hey, whatever helps. So what deters deters you from deer hunting? It's not so much. I mean, I got a bow and everything. And um, it's just, I just, I work a lot in reality and work seven days a week. So it's kind of hard, definitely, to do it. I could definitely do it in the morning and everything and in the evening, but... It's just kind of just taking that first step into them doors and actually doing it. Because I guarantee you once I do it, then my girlfriend's going to have uh, issues of me being gone a lot more. You just got to set the tone from the beginning. Hey, I'm all about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you do like duck hunting. Yes, I definitely enjoyed it. I've been doing it for about five-ish years now. And it's definitely something that trial and error, and just like any hunting, uh but now I'm not a not the experienced one, but I know what to do in situations, and it's not that hard. And then you do it once in a while, then you start learning from your mistakes. What do you think was the most challenging part when you started? Uh, probably the most is uh equipment. I mean, that's any hunting or anything, but uh, no, nah, not that. Uh, pretty much just trying to find different spots of to duck hunt because you also got your field hunt that people honker hunt and duck hunt and then you got your people that just enjoy being in the water like i do and that's the next step is definitely find some fields to definitely hunt but pond is definitely i love that more i think it's more work and it's just harder just to get ducks to float on a small pond if not a big pond who done it kayak and kayak hunting no uh speaking of that i got a buddy up uh, north in Montana and uh, he's a big hunter too and he's never duck hunted and he's always seen me duck hunting these past years and he's like I'm a duck hunt this coming year talking about 21 and so hopefully uh, I go hunt up there and get that Montana experience a big sky experience in duck hunting oh yeah and uh, I think that's most of you'll have to do is kayak up there unless you have a flat bottom boat yeah. Uh, now, with those ducks in uh, Montana, that big sky experience, would that be a completely different uh, species of duck that you would be hunting up there that you would normally see in Oklahoma? Or No, uh majority of the ducks definitely come up from up north, and I think you would get a variety of still just depending on the season. Uh, Montana is definitely a colder state than Oklahoma, so I think we get all the uh, people that everyone missed shots on, so... Yeah, I I think I think you're gonna see a lot of similarities. Yeah. So it's not like we're we're on the coast or we're not on the coast. It'd be different if you're like, hey, I'm gonna go hunt New Jersey. No. And where you got like sea ducks. Yeah. Got all kinds of other. Yeah. So I think you could definitely see some of the same. Um, What was I gonna say? Oh, so South Florida. 
Uh, I drew, I've drawn a duck tag a couple years, and last year I didn't get to go due to COVID, um, which I won't say that anymore. It's, it's like beating a dead horse the amount of times I think I've said that is like, I was supposed to go, but I couldn't. But, um, so I drew again this year, and I am planning to go back, and or planning to go and hunt some of the, like, stormwater treatment areas yeah. and stuff there in, in Florida, and you have to... Uh, wading's not always the best option. Uh, so using kayak or canoe, they can't be motorized. You have to use paddles. So then you set up your little, you know, camouflage stuff and all that. So I'm going to try that. But I think one plus to have in the kayak, even if it was just a kayak just to have on the side of the bank, was that you're running into the issues we ran into. T- Excuse me. The issues we ran into today. With like ducks floating in the middle and not oh, coming across. Can't get to them. Dogs in my yeah, for sure. Dogs solve that problem as well. But yeah, you definitely. And like, I'm a big pond hunter, and you definitely know your ponds, and you definitely know your limit. And I'm not tall, but I'm definitely six two. And you get in some water, you're like, oh geez, but that duck is just so close. <laughs> this is when I wish I had a dog. Or you can bring a fishing pole. I mean, that's how usually I do it. Fishing pole and a treble hook, man. That's what I grew up with. When we pond hop, we'd go out before school, um, before high school, and uh, we'd go drive around. We had like four or five properties, and you could make a loop, and then we'd go to end up going to school. Um, yeah, so we'd just carry, uh, you know, like an oversized treble hook on a fishing pole, cast out there. Because if the wind's not blowing, like oh, the day yeah. the wind kicked up, so it was... We were lucky. But oh, that saved us on one of those yeah. ducks for sure. Oh, yeah. A couple and of them. I definitely think it has brought a new flock because we heard people around us shooting. And I was sitting there bringing y'all. I was like, well, it's going to be one of them hunts that we'll probably see one duck. And if you don't hit that <laughs> duck, then we're just going home empty-handed. All right. Well, let's start from the beginning. So how did we end up in that spot? What did Tristan – how did Tristan hit you up? Like, uh, So pretty much uh, – we hang out during the week on weekends and sometimes work with me and everything. And so uh, he definitely just hit me up and saying that his family was coming down from Florida. He's wanting to hunt real bad and duck hunt. And it made uh, me sound desperate. Not so much desperate. <laughs> it, I guess I was putting in that bad word. No, no, no. It's okay. I'm just giving but you I was like, well, in my head, I was like, well, hell yeah. That's someone I can hunt with. Because I wasn't for sure that Colton and Tristan would tag along. I was just like, well, I got another gun. He's been trying to get me and Colton here to go duck hunting with him for years, and we just never did. And and today we finally took that step, I guess, with Justin here. And uh, honestly, it was one of the best experiences that I've had in a long time. Well, I warned him when we got there, man, if I like this, <laughs> you're going to get tired of me asking you to take me. So, <laughs> uh, I think that's definitely how he came upon it. So I knew a pond that I definitely had permission on down in central northwest Oklahoma. And I knew for a fact that there's ducks on there. I knew it's definitely an early show. You could probably stay there on a good day, all day, and shoot ducks. But um, I knew that I could take them to a pond and definitely at least shoot a few dozen, if not a dozen ducks. And uh, definitely, I was ready just for any time of this time of the week just to bring tag y'all along and then once i knew that all three i was going then i was like 
Oh shit, we better see some ducks. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. No, 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 it was it was really good. Um don't let him get to lying or fibbing about the truth. He was last night texted me uh giddy as a schoolgirl about going, couldn't even sleep. He was so excited about it. I mean, with all of us. It's pretty exciting. I'm not going to lie. I think any part of it hunting. That's why I think like I'll enjoy deer hunting because it's just being outdoors and Pretty much doing your own work and everything and see it come to play and you get to have a trophy at the end. Yep. For sure, man. That's any type of hunting. First off, like, thanks a lot for taking us out. For sure. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, I had a blast, figuratively and literally. <laughs> um, and, no, it was good. So... I'm not sure if you mentioned it before, but how did how did you come across that place? Uh, definitely just the people I know from where I'm from and everything. So it was definitely I've been hunting for quite a bit of years now. That's good. It's a good spot. Um, the only, I think I was trying to think of what what could make it better, and I had some strategies in my head. I was like, man, if you had permission to hunt both ponds, you could literally just divide and conquer. You could put two people on each pond. Oh. I've been trying for years. But, and you just you know, bounce. Some people just don't like other people hunting their stuff, and, mm. which is typical farmers, you know. Nothing biggie, but maybe one year I'll get a breakthrough and have two pumps. Yep. You know, do some just volunteer, be like, hey, man, some chores I can do over here, a little bit of choring. Right. you got to get on those farmers' good side because they've had too many uh, bad experiences with hunters and fishers or hunter and hunter, hunters and fishermen that have uh, – come and ask permission and they say no and then they uh go out there and do it anyway and then they get caught and it just leaves a bad taste in that farmer's mouth and he just doesn't let anybody do it now so it reminds me uh so whenever we went up to the alligator trip this this uh last fall um will and i were planning to stay at this like kind of nicer house had a boat dock stuff like this and um called the guy or had an airbnb and uh, so we hit him up. Did you like the place because the kitchen, so you can cook? We're gonna be there for three or four days. It looked nice to film in and stuff too. So uh, I put on there, you know, we're gonna be fishing, blah blah blah, doing X, Y, and Z on the river, which was our plan. And uh, he immediately like they emailed me. And we're like, oh, are you only gonna be fishing? I was like, that's odd. I was like, I'm guessing he probably Googled my name um and saw my profile um and uh and then asked like is that all you're gonna be doing insinuating i was gonna be hunting and uh so i told him i was honest i was like look man like we got alligator tags like it's just a couple of us guys coming up like we're professionals we're we're not planning to do anything he's like well you gotta talk to my dad it's his house um you know, he had a bad experience with some alligator hunters a while back. So, I like, called the guy, and I was like, hey, man, you know, um, you know, hey, man, hey, sir, like, you know, we're pretty respectable guys. You don't even know we're there. We're not going to leave stuff, blah, blah, blah. And he, you know, commenced telling the story of, like, some guys that rented from him before. He's like, basically, they treated the house like a frat party, and uh, then they came out, and they were alligator hunting, and instead of going out and shoot one of the alligators they they shot the alligator that hangs out around my house i was like okay i mean 
for me, it's like, ah, it's, it's an alligator too, but, I, you know, people get attached to that stuff, so. But uh, the thing that, that kind of stood out was he's like, all they did is they took the head and the tail and they threw the carcass back in the river and it was like floating by the house. Man, that's such oh, a waste. Such a waste. Yeah. And I get the, I, I personally don't get the whole becoming attached to, you know, animals around the house, mm-hmm. but uh, our mother, that's one of the reasons that we're not allowed to hunt the pond on our land here is because she likes to watch the ducks. So we're not allowed to hunt the ducks on that pond. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so we got there in the morning. So we met up, all four of us met up. And uh, off we go. And we go to this undisclosed pond. Uh, about how long were we before shooting light? About 30 minutes? Yeah, definitely 30 minutes. Because we uh, were late. Uh, yeah, I wasn't so like worried about us being late because it's definitely a low pond and it sits low. And, so, and it was going to be a cloudy morning, cloudy day throughout the whole thing. And so... I wasn't worried about us being late because I knew how dark that pond was going to stay or stay. And so I definitely was kind of unprepared to be in late anyway. But <laughs> He's uh, like, these guys, jokers. Yeah. So a little, <laughs> uh, little side note, I was set 6 o'clock at this gas station. And I'm like, oh, I'm still excited. And these dudes ain't showing up. And I was like, oh, geez. And then about 6.10, they're like, hey, we're coming. And we end up getting there at the same time. I texted you at six oh one and said we're on our way. Don't we weren't that Tristan was rushing us Tristan was rushing us out of the door. I was like, Hey, we told him we were gonna be here at this time, we gotta go. Colton and I were still getting in the truck and Tristan's like (laughs) (laughs) feeling out of the driveway. I was like, Oh, That'd be a nice breakfast. Well, I thought that he had someone else coming with him too. Wait, you brought him breakfast? No, he you didn't me give me, I didn't bring you breakfast. Did you eat my breakfast you brought me? Well, I was waiting for you all night. That's why you somewhere. asked if we wanted to get something before we left. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also why Tristan left so quickly because he knew he was getting breakfast. But um, that's all right. I had some smoked salmon. It's okay. Um, so, yeah, then we get there. We set up decoys, all that jazz, and uh, then we wait. Can we wait? And we wait. We wait. And then one duck came in. Oh man. One du- we thought it was two ducks. Yeah, we so there's definitely was sitting up on the bacon and everything. And there's one duck that came in, but I didn't see it as close. And who who shot it? I shot it. Yeah, Justin shot Justin it. Justin shot it. Well oh, go ahead. I, I thought that I shot it. You thought that I shot it. Yeah, I thought you were good. You guys didn't think we I shot it. We didn't think you shot it. I, I, we also only saw one duck. Yeah, I was I was Why, looking up. So I saw the other duck fly fly by like overhead. I saw I the duck that flew that I shot at, and then after I thought it fell, I saw another duck like round the bank and go. Yeah, see, that's what I was seeing too because yeah. Justin like shot that duck and I was like, okay, where's that other duck? And after that, I thought that duck was dead. And I was like, oh, we got one yeah, duck we, in the bag. Yeah, we watched it. it. It was still not completely light yet, but we, I was like, that duck is over there. Because there was like a log in the water, too. Yeah. There was another spot, and I was like, that's the duck. It's just floating there. But and we went over there to get it, and it wasn't there. Yeah. Well, well you went over there to get it after a duck flew up out of the pond, and we shot at that one, too. Yeah. Uh, oh, the one that landed... Yeah, the the one that 
I, th- I think it's the one you shot at is the one that about 10 minutes later flew back out. And then you went the around. one that just surprised the crap out of all of us because we thought that there was a down duck there. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, hey, I'm alive. Try and hit me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm confused now. Because then there were multitudes of soaring birds after that. Yeah, after that, we had them coming in in force. Yeah. And Tristan's gun jammed. Yes, it did. <laughs> With the duck just hovering in front of his face. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> shot one duck. Go to shoot again. Click, click, click. Look at my gun. Son of a... And it just... <laughs> and then next thing I know, everybody else is making fun of me. Like, why didn't you shoot? Why didn't you shoot? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe I, think I was you trying reached, to high-five him. I, I think you could have reached up and grabbed it. He was just like <laughs> flapping. Just It flew right at you. Oh, yeah. I Would probably could have grabbed him if I jumped up. <laughs> <laughs> it weeped at you. Um, Good luck, bud. We need to come up with a... I don't know, a code word when your gun jams. Maybe you just lay down and tell the person behind you to shoot. <laughs> Something. Hey, it was my first time. I was nervous and excited all at the same time and a so, bunch of stuff going on. So in true fashion, uh, we had several shots. We had several misses. And we, had, we had a few hits. We walked away with like s- seven. seven ducks. Um, pretty stoked about that. And... Naturally, all the ducks start coming at the end when we're starting to pack up decoys and stuff like that. We shot, I think, three yeah. in the last bit. Yeah. Um, but it was okay. It was fun. It was a great time. So uh, before we run out of time here, I want us to taste this because Colton and Tristan have never had these types of ducks. Correct. Correct. You've never – have you had wild duck? You've had wild duck. Once. I have no idea what kind it was. Okay. Tristan, have you had wild duck? Uh, Yes, through Montana, but I'm not sure of what kind it was. I'm sure it was a a gaddy like Montana just said. And you prefer? I prefer gaddy and mallards just because they're bigger ducks usually. All right. Uh, And we have a shoveler duck, a wood duck, and a gadwald. That's what we have. And these are... I kept them whole and I roasted them. So I plucked we out of the seven. I plucked one of each type, and then I uh, Montana likes the breast meat on on them. So I took uh, the remaining two gadwalds and the remaining two shovelers, and I breasted those out. But these are the full roasted ones. Put them on the Traeger. A little seasoning. Put them in an aluminum pan little wine in the bottom, some onions, a couple peppers, and just let them roast at like 400 degrees. Um, oh, wow, you got my mouth watering yeah, I was now. About to That's say, good. Can we eat this <laughs> we're yet? about to try it. So <laughs> Tristan strategically marked them. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're all going to taste them and give a little critique. So I'll slide them over here. You guys can cut them. All right, cut, them, cut away. Let's see what we got. And that's the gaddy that we're trying first. Yeah. Still trying to run on us. Still. <laughs> Won't give up. <laughs> 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 oh, it's good. It's pretty tender, huh? Oh, yeah. Nice. All right. Which one's this one? So this one's a gaddy. Gaddy. All right. I'll go first. 
I'm hungry. Well, everybody grab everybody grab a piece, and then we'll we'll round robin it to see which one we like. Hmm. Mm. That was pretty good. There was a slight, a uh, slight uh, sweet flavor. Yeah, in there. I thought what, it was much that, uh, sweeter than I thought it would be. Well, I did, I did put some wine in there. Is that where that's coming from? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I think. Uh, I, I just. I think I uh, expected it to taste more gamey. Was all. It's a bad so word. Our next duck on the menu is the wood duck. Wood duck. Wood duck's uh, next. This is a very special duck to me because, as my first time going out and duck hunting, <laughs> uh, I by chance. Lucky chance was able to uh, take down a wood duck, which Montana later let me know with his shrill screams and excitement as he picked <laughs> it up out of the water for me. As he starts yelling, Hill, you got a wood duck, you got a wood duck. And I'm just over there going, Hell yeah, Tan's excited. I've got to be excited now. If, that, if he's excited, this means it's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, let's taste the wood duck. Tristan, you, you, you taste it first. You're- All right, I'm excited. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. I don't know which one I like better. I don't know. Right away, I like that one better. I don't. I. I. I do believe right away. I think that I like the uh, the wood duck better. Uh, I it may be biased because I was the one that shot it. I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> That's pretty good, though. I'm excited to try this one. So this is a shoveler, yeah. right? Which now was uh, we were talking earlier uh, off mic, and uh, you said something about uh, soaking a shoveler in salt water to get rid of the fishy taste. Yeah. Does so, a shoveler typically have a fishy taste, or is so that they're just they're with bottom they're bottom feeders? So potentially, I haven't done a lot of research on it, um, but I was talking with was talking with Corey, who was talking to me about his merganser, which mergansers are different than uh, diver ducks. So, we'll see. Whatever, we'll give it a go. We'll see if it tastes fishy or not. I don't know. Good. Holy moly. You know what? I don't know if I'm tasting something fishy. I All I know is I'm tasting something delicious. Wait, yeah. Did you soak that one in salt water? No. Because it does, it tastes like it's kind of got a brine on it. Well, I mean, I seasoned it. I seasoned, so each one, I'll, I'll tell you real quick what I did. So I seasoned each one with garlic powder, onion powder. Or uh, First, so I'll go back to the beginning. So I plucked them all today. Um, washed them off really well. Really, really cold water. Kept them cold, pulled them out, and um, soaked it. So I burned, I picked all the feathers I could off, and I patted them dry really well. And I took a torch and torched all the little remnants of feathers up, so that's gone. And then rubbed them with the oil, olive oil, and then seasoned them with garlic powder, onion powder, inside and out. Then I added uh, a little bit of salt. I used a like a chicken uh, seasoning, like a chicken rub, but just kind of sprinkled a little bit on there, not too much. 
put some red wine in there, and I'm not sure what kind of red wine. I think it was a red wine. It was a red wine. That, then that's I hit all it. You know. Then I hit it with a little bit of red wine vinegar, to like give it a little nice acidity, and then topped it. Put some onions, some white onions on top, slices, and then a couple bell peppers in there. And so I did. I did about 20 minutes. So I brought the Traeger up to like 450, 450, 425, 450, put it in an aluminum pan, put the ducks in there, sealed it with aluminum foil, cooked that about 20 minutes. Then I pulled the top off of it and cooked it about another 20 minutes more to let everything roast up. And then I temped everything. Everything brought it, I brought it up to like 165. So pretty straightforward, pretty simple uh, method for eating. But man, I don't know. All right. Let's do one quick round on which one you like. I'm going to go last because I can. Wood duck. Wood duck? Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. I think it, I like the salty flavor that was in that one. It's, huh. I know, I know I said that the, uh, the diver duck had a salty flavor, but the wood duck's doing it for me. Tristan. I don't know. I, uh. As he put the wood duck in his mouth. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'm tasting the wood duck again. I, I personally feel like the wood duck was my favorite. Uh, I feel like yeah. it held on more to uh, the oniony, fa- un- onion flavors uh, that were in with it. We there's diced up onions in here, fresh onions that are out of our garden, and I feel like it just held on to those flavors. Right, a little I'm, bit gonna, I'm gonna put the the picture go the picture go on Instagram of us cutting and eating and man. And, I'm gonna go with the shoveler. Yeah, yeah. I was. I changed I, your mind, didn't I? Yeah, I definitely I told uh, you. Have shot shovelers and they never put two cents of just trying them out. Yeah, but holy moly! So the ones, so the breasts I gave you, I did take the skin off though, but I was okay with the skin. So was yeah. wasn't fishy at all. I'm pretty happy. Um, so generally, one of those things when people are like, eh, I don't eat that. And don't take it offensively because I do that with everything. People no, are like, no, that's a trash no. fish. No. I'm like, I can find a way to cook it. Right. Um, so definitely how you cook it. It definitely yeah. all depends on how you cook it. So uh, let me know how those breasts turn out. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely like it roasted. I think you could still you could still uh, put them in the brine with the salt water and stuff. That, that would give some good flavors. I definitely uh, soak mine in uh, buttermilk. Take some game out and everything. But. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of back and forth about the soaking of of uh, game meats and and buttermilk and things. Yeah, is that because uh, people try to get rid of the gamey taste when in reality the gamey taste is honestly just part of the taste with wild meat? Well, it's either or? part of the taste or it leads to like poor handling. Okay. Um, so to give a quick reference, so I'll go. Uh, three articles. If you're interested in it, you should check out. So, uh, Danielle Pruitt, who um, is the founder at this, her company's called Wild and Whole. She's also a food uh, food contributing editor for Meat Eater. So she writes for Meat Eater as well. She did a piece on soaking milk in game. And then uh, Hank Shaw has one on uh, the the truth behind gamey, kind of the common practices of why people say things taste gamey. I've actually read that one. That's a very good article. Yeah, yeah. and then my own, uh, I did some research on um, proper ways to soak liver, and liver being very like 
a very robust flavor part of the animal uh, and use like salt brine used uh, used milk and then uh, lemon lemon water and so some differences there and that kind of transforms over into uh, into standard meats too not just organ meats and so you can see you can see a difference there as well uh, but just food for thought on that um, I like it just like this and this wasn't soaked at all quick question for Colton and Tristan so how was y'all's experience for duck hunting and how you heard the ducks come in when you didn't see them Ooh. oh man I did oh, not expect man. that whistle I did not expect the whistle coming off their wings. Like it sounded like a little missile was flying in at you. We had two ducks come in right behind us, and you you could you hear this sound coming in behind you, and I didn't realize what it was until they just swooped right above us. And uh, Justin and Montana pull up their guns, and me and Colton who just left there like <laughs> amazed because I look at Colton and it was just like, holy crap! Both said, did you hear that? Did you hear that? It sounded like a dang jet. <laughs> like that that and uh montana and justin look at me and colton after uh after the birds leave and they're like why didn't you take a shot and i was just like i, I, I was how too, did we were too busy just admiring yeah it. i was just admiring <laughs> it and i was honestly trying to figure out how y'all were even trying to take a shot those birds were moving fast <laughs> no, i definitely out of this whole experience like wood duck's definitely my mountain duck i've been wanting it for years but from when me and Justin went to go get his duck and he's coming back and we wasn't even paying attention and we just heard a gunshot and we looked up. <laughs> Colton was laying on, on the ground with his with no gun and Hill was pointing up in the air and he got a duck. And just to see that Hill got a duck on he might not know this maybe a couple of years, but when he noticed that he shot a wood duck, I think he's like, Well hell yeah, I think I yeah. fucking shot a good wood duck like but in reality, just to get that experience to see for someone else, I think it's as glorious. Right. I didn't know to be excited until I saw Montana as, ex- as, as excited as he was. I just When I saw that Montana was excited, I immediately knew that I needed to be excited. So I started hooping and hollering just well, right along. He right immediately along with- started saying, asking where you're going to get it mounted. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was cool. It was fun taking you guys out too, especially like first time duck hunting. I didn't realize that uh, until like halfway through the day. But all right, so one thing we do, so we're gonna start closing it out here, is I give everybody an opportunity for a last thought. And this can be a question. This can be a statement. This can be something you felt about the day, the hunting times, anything. Just a last thought. And so I'll ask. Ask Montana first. Uh, mine's for you, Justin. Oh. Uh, definitely, uh, what made you want to start, I guess, this podcast? Like, oh. Oh, man. I just, you know, my first time meeting you. And yeah. I'm excited for it and everything, but, yeah. <laughs> um, well, so, I've been living in the outdoor riding space now for almost a decade, and, uh, riding wild fishing game recipes and adventure articles and stuff and then uh the closure of 2019 we decided hey we can start a podcast um i was up in montana in 2019 or not montana in wyoming in 2019 we were listening to podcasts on the way up and i was like hey man i could do that too 
So we started a very wild fishing game, food-focused podcast, and now it's been going for a year, as many people know. Uh, so with that, in addition to all the writing that we've done and continue to do on pretty much a daily basis, and then this year we'll be rolling into some film. Uh, so really just trying to enjoy living in the outdoor space. Oh, yeah. So fun stuff. It's kind of like one of those things, uh, just trying to find something I really, really enjoy and putting all my, uh, heart and soul into it. Teach other people, improve myself, teach my family, enjoy awesome moments like this where we're sitting around a table eating duck we shot today talking about it, so. I like it. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to build off of that one a little bit cuz ooh, we've we've talked about how or you've stated how let's get people into hunting through food. Uh-huh. Do you think that there's a lot of people that you have reached now that never would have had anything to do with hunting or eating wild game until they stumbled upon what you're trying to present everyone? I I would like to think so. Yeah. Um I've had people come to me and been like, I I was intimidated to do this at first, and then I I heard the way that you talked about it, or I read what you wrote, and not just me. It can be any of the other field staff writers that that, that work with me, too. Um, They've seen something harvesting nature has produced, and they've, they've used it as a springboard to become comfortable doing whatever it is they read about or saw or listened to. So... I really hope so because that's one of our biggest intents. Like early on, our our whole mission and it continues to be is like to educate and inspire, and that's sort of what we continually go with year right. after year. Well, and even if those people never never want to go hunting, at least maybe they'll yeah. be open to trying wild game. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, I I harp on this a lot. Like it's our responsibility as hunters and anglers. Like we have to be furthering the sport. The continuity of our lifestyle depends on us being one good sportsman and good sportswomen and setting a good example and two, promoting what we love. So, that's it. For sure, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I have a, a last thought, which I've actually had on my mind uh, right before we started this podcast. Uh, I noticed your shirt. Uh, it's, oh. it's, a, it's a red shirt, uh, maybe maroonish color, and it has an American bison in black on the front. Yep. And it says uh, public landowner. Yep. It looks almost paintbrushed onto the bison. Is that one of y'all's shirts? Uh, oh, no. So how this, did y'all come? Or, okay. It's not one of my sh- Well, it's my shirt that I own and I'm wearing it. But okay. no, this this <laughs> shirt, uh, it's a uh, it's a shirt from Backcountry Hunter and Anglers. So that's a, uh, it's a non-profit organization. They have chapters all across the United States that basically, like, uh, help protect... Uh, your right and access to public land. So, okay. Throughout time, the public land system was created, and access to that public land has been protected, and has continued to be protected by organizations such as Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. And we work really close with them. We've done a lot of work with them, podcast episodes, all that. I've written for their food uh, content stuff, uh, food blog. And they just really do a great job. Uh, I actually have it on my mind to talk to you guys about it. We'll do it offline. But uh, you should get involved. It's a really, really awesome organization. It's a great way to connect with other hunters too. But 
Yeah. Think about public land. Like I was telling you guys about the wildlife management area. Yeah. It's just like south of here. Which you know. we didn't even know about yeah. and we've lived here our entire life. And yeah. As it's you like said, less than 20 miles yeah, away. It's a, it's a thousand acres. Drive. But you can go hunt. State-owned land, right? So you follow the regulations that the state says and you can hunt. And too. you were saying uh, yesterday uh, off mic that uh, it, they have – uh, duck hunting or ponds to duck hunt yeah. and deer hunting and just all sorts mm-hmm. on that thousand acres that pretty much covers almost any hunting that you want to in yep. Oklahoma. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so that's good. I mean, like national forests, national grasslands, uh, all those places will have different stuff, but access. I mean, public land is a good thing. So, well, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on. All right, my last thought uh, was really awesome hunting with each one of you this week at different points in time. Uh, thanks for sharing duck with me. It was pretty good. It was delicious. It was absolutely fabulous the way you cooked it. I'm going to switch. I paid attention to what you put on it. It all seems very basic, and I think I can recreate it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I... You got to shoot the dirt first, buddy. Hey, I shot two of them. <laughs> don't, be, don't be giving me that crap. All right, well, on that note, I will say this... Uh, if you have yet to subscribe to the podcast, uh, whatever podcast platform you're hitting to, uh, listening to, hit that five-star button. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right. And thanks. Have a good night.